to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. Sheffield is a city in South Yorkshire, United Kingdom. This podcast features conversational interviews with owners or managers of a unique selection of businesses, charities, and other enterprises in Sheffield. This podcast is brought to you by Excel City Apartments, a brand founded in Sheffield that provides business travelers and leisure visitors with fully furnished, safe, and comfortable self-catering accommodation when they're in Sheffield or visiting the nearby Peak District National Park. And now, let's meet today's guest. Hello, and welcome to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. I'm Veronica Brooms, your podcast host. And in this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Sally Wilson. Sally is the production manager of Together in the City, which is a Sheffield's theatre venture. Welcome to the podcast, Sally. Thank you very much, Veronica. A pleasure to be here. Great. So let's get started and let's hear all about you and the production. So please do introduce yourself, Sally. Tell us more about your role as production manager of Together in the City. And this is a new venture that created and supported creative creative projects in and around Sheffield. But before I get into tongue twister, please tell us what is Together in the City and what was the rationale for launching the initiative and your particular role in managing it? Okay, well, uh, Sheffield Theatres applied for some funding from the um, Garfield Weston Foundation, who are a family business who look at serving um, different organisations within the community um, across nationally, basically, and help people um, look at um, ways of devising projects that may be creative or they might be looking at buildings or repairs and things like that. So long story short, the money... um, that we received was a really generous amount of money. And the the objectives for the spends on that were to look at different areas across Sheffield that may have been, um, or find it hard to kind of engage with um, creativity uh, in a a kind of like general sense. So um, that's how it came about and um we were looking in predominantly areas across the city like Sharrow, Burn Grieve, Highfield, um Healy, the city centre and started looking at ways that we could work with people and do co-created designs on various creative projects. So when you say creative projects Sally what do you mean? Because some of us may think of creativity as being art and theatre, for example, and I suspect it may not be as straightforward or as narrow as that. Yes, I mean, when we when we started looking at uh, creative engagement across the city with different groups, um, it's quite difficult. If if some people don't have, have never been given the opportunity, I think they find. Uh, you know, like if we were to ask people, right, we want you to start doing a show or we want you to um, uh, write a script or be in a play, I think people would be quite trepidatious and, and because they haven't been given the opportunity. So we, we started looking at how we can engage under the broad umbrella of creativity. So 
a lot of the work we've done has been through um, textile workshops or through um, doing, uh, gosh, let me think what else we've done, like um, photography workshops to talk about identity and heritage. And a lot of it would be, the main crux of it really is to look at what people's wants and needs were in their community groups and what they could relate to. And I think that was one of the most important kind of lessons that we've learned in our approach in working with different people. It's like, you know, what do you want in terms of creativity? How can we um, work with you and what what can we do? So like a great example was working with um, Pittsmore Adventure Playground and Highfield Playground. And they create a brilliant way of engaging engaging with kids, which is... um, child-led play and it's kind of like explorative learning and it's and it's led by them and so therefore any engagement from adults comes from what the children want and actually that has been echoed with all our projects across across the city to kind of make sure that we're empowering the people to do what they um what they want to do effectively so people remain vital or people are critical or vital to what you have been doing with these creative projects. And you mentioned kids or the children as well as adults. Was was there a, an intergenerational type of engagement or was it primarily two generations per se? Yeah, I mean, we've had like, particularly with the, uh, we've been working with Stand Up and Be Counted, who are a a theatre company who work with refugees who are are new arrivals. And so therefore, a lot of that engagement is with family. And predominantly, you're kind of working with the children and the parents bring the children in, but you're actually working eventually with everybody. So there's a really nice cross-generational aspect to that particular project. We've also worked with... um, it's more um, the the Fernival, which is a women's a women's English group. Sorry, and that's teaching English in a creative way to, again to new arrivals. So, like rather than kind of doing a, like a tassel course, it's like you know that these women need to know how to buy the shopping, when to take the you know how to take the children to the doctors, um, what 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 what's the basic kind of terminology and wording that they need for that, rather than it being academic. So they, they teach the women in various creative ways. And so we incorporated some textile workshops within their program. And they they also brought their kids as well. So that the kids could, that we also provided like a crash or some, some care for the children. So the women had the chance and opportunity to um, work on the various textile projects we've done. Wow, that sounds fascinating. Now, I know that your your role has to do with production, as I understand it, or you're managing the production of Together in the City. But can you tell us a little more about, give us some insights as to what led you to take on that role? Because I I think you may have had a choice. So what led you to take on that role? And how many others have been working alongside you as you manage Together in the City? So the role... um 
originated from the Garfield Wesson funding and it was a secondment for me, as in I, I work in the costume department at Sheffield Theatres. I've worked for Sheffield Theatres for over 20 years and this opportunity came up to be a project manager to look at how the theatre can broaden its reach into the community um, other than we obviously, you know, we, we do, um, we have Sheffield People's Theatre and Young Company, but in all, you know, and that, that is, you know, a lot of people who um, in the community come to the theatre, but it's about how can we go out to the community and empower those communities to be creative in their own areas and to do their own thing. And eventually it might be that those people can come into the theatre, but in the short term, the objective was to go out and do that. And I'm, for me, um, the reason why I decided to take on the role was purely through the um, pandemic. You know, our, our doors were closed as a theatre and um, the whole connection of communities and people being together disappeared overnight, effectively, and, and continued to be that way for some time. And um, I was like many people, you know, trying to work out how, how anybody can navigate that and what we can do to keep connections open to one another. So I devised a project prior to this called Quotes for Hope, which was um, engaging with lots of creative practitioners, whether they be writers, directors, designers, um, friends of the theatre or creative people in the city to give me a quote for hope that was then hung in Fitzalan Square on quite a few, um, well, about, I think it was about 36 banners in total. Um, and the main point of that was it was a piece of public art installation, but it had a, a connection and it made me think, well, the other, the other main purpose of that was that people could walk amongst it and you didn't have to go into a gallery, you didn't have to go into the theatre, you didn't have to go into kind of like, you know, a creative cultural institution to see it. So it came to you and the flags waved in colours in the sky and those words of hope came to you. And that was um, something that I've, I've been very proud of. And, and in turn, when this opportunity came up, I kind of linked that ethos to, you know, being able to go out to communities. You know, if you can't, if you don't think you can come here, if you think these doors are closed and we will come to you, we will come to your community and engage with you. And then hopefully we can build some great relationships and invite you back to our home and open our doors to, to you. So in terms of the, the project, um, it's, it's quite, the objectives are very broad and big. So we were looking at working across seven different areas within Sheffield, predominantly the north and predominantly areas that lacks cultural engagement and, you know, may be deprived of that in one way or another. Um, so in terms of, you know, I, I'm the overarching um, project manager of the um whole project of Together in the City. But there are a lot of people behind the scenes, particularly like latterly now uh, in terms of like marketing and putting on um, contacts and outreach for people for the festival and the sharing event that we're going to be doing in April. Um, and we also, we've also engaged with a huge amount of 
creative practitioners who can deliver the workshops. We have, um, who else do we have? Sorry, lots of creative practitioners. I have a brilliant assistant, Karis, who helps organize all the kind of behind the scenes, organizing all the contracts, doing a lot of the admin, going out to meet some of the community groups. We have workshop leaders who maybe run the community groups and they're a really integral part in it because they're the bridge between the theater and the people to make sure that these people are interested and can help us coordinate who can come to the groups. And we've also taken on various trainee posts um, with some of the um, creative workshops from local areas. And uh, so they, they can learn how to possibly be a creative practitioner and gain experience. And all the creative practitioners we've used are actually from the areas themselves, which, again, is really important because they get the people that they're working with. You know, they get the community. They know what the environment is. They know what the hardships are. They know what the joys are. They know what the difficulties are. So that's hugely important for the project. So it feels really genuine that everybody who is involved is from that community wherever we can make that work. Yeah, excellent. It's just that what the picture you've painted demonstrates that it was actually, as you said, the theatre going to the people, but it's the in inclusiveness and engagement in terms of ensuring that the people who were working in particular communities knew the realities of life in the communities as against thinking, well, they know it, but they haven't lived it. So they're bringing the lived experience of many in the communities. So thanks for sharing that insight, Sally. And, and I know that as you're speaking and we're talking about people coming to your home or the theater, your home in terms of your workplace, I, I think what we haven't said as yet, and it's not the elephant in the room because we will come to it, is the fact that many people will know of a Sheffield's, or many may know of Sheffield theatres, but certainly the majority of people in the city would know of the Crucible. Fewer may know of the Lyceum or the studio, but when they think about the Crucible, they're thinking about the place in the city centre that's near to the library, or near to Fitzalan Square, or if you're walking from Fargate or from the Moor. But what people may not know is that as a Sheffield-based charity, apart from performances on stage and hosting the Snooker Championship, you actually have the project such as Together in the City, which is working outside of that location. Can you give us any insight into the work of Sheffield theatres in addition to Together in the City that may have happened from outside the sea or may have happened outside the theatre. I know you mentioned the display that you had of Coats of Hope in Fitzalian Square. Fitzalian Square, has there been anything else that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so what, what we're trying to do, and uh, I think uh, citywide and nationally, uh, a lot of city centres are having to really rethink how a city centre works and engages with people and how we get people particularly post-pandemic, back out on the streets in, in the cities to get their heart beating again. And one of the main things that has happened, obviously, as we all know, is that retail has been screeched quite, you know, <laughs> the accelerator's been put down on in terms of um, online ordering, online shopping, and, and 
I think COVID has really accelerated the fact that city centres have become uh, half empty, realistically, now. I mean, you know, we have the flagship store of John Lewis that's now gone in, in um, Barker's Pools, and that's a real loss. And, and we've obviously had Meadow Hall for some time. So I think there's a big push and initiative, not just from the theatre, but from the council in general to look at repurposing space. And there's some brilliant urban landscaping going on, which I know is a council initiative and repurposing Victoria Keys and looking at that, uh, is it Ladies Bridge? All you know, which is great. Another part of looking into that is, I would say, is like looking at public space. And so Tudor Square is a fantastic public space, uh, in the heart of our city, outside the Crucible, outside the Lyceum. And we've ran a couple of great outdoor events. One was Together in the Square, which was really well received, which was a an outdoor festival um, in partnership with Sheffield Uni. We've also had the brilliant opportunity to work with Good Chance Theatre and other organisations across the city as a key partnership for the... Uh, arrival of a Mal who was the puppet who walked all the way from Syria. And that was a huge success for the city and brought um, so many people into the centre of town. And part of the funding that we received was actually involving some of the group, groups we were working with. So um, to, to do uh, their own quotes for hope and their own languages, and they were actually scattered amongst the quotes for hope were rehung, and they were scattered amongst those in Tudor Square. And we had um, the adventure playgrounds made some beautiful woodland creature lanterns that Amal danced with. We had um, uh, Sheffield People's Theatre did a community dance on her arrival. So part of that early engagement with the first part of this project was very much around a mal arriving and that was a real gift for us as a theatre to really push this to become quite big at the beginning so we were going to start you know quite small but we kind of got thrown in brilliantly in a way but slightly terrifying at the deep end <laughs> but it worked because i remember seeing those scenes yes amazing well, what was what was absolutely brilliant about that was we had so many people from it, it just what it did, I think it represented Sheffield's diversity brilliantly and it's multi you know, we are a great multicultural city and, and you saw everybody in that square that day and that was an absolute joy. And it was a real representation and, and the other thing was that, the, you know, the, the women who, the, well, every, everybody who'd done the quotes, because they were hung in a public space, they were so proud that their work could be seen by everybody, that they had this opportunity to share that publicly. And that was, you know, really lovely. Well, I certainly hadn't made the connection between Amal, the puppet that was on tour, and the early stages of Together in the City. So thanks to connecting that thread. In fact, we have a couple of our apartments that are quite near to Victoria Keys. So I know that the social media systems had been sharing a lot around Amal's arrival and seeing the crowds and they thought, yeah. On yeah. the boat. On the boat, yes, yes. So incredible. I hadn't made that connection at all. So thanks to that, Sally. Now, I, I'm aware from my reading of what the project has done that 
or, or together with the city has done that you actually, well, it says that you've worked with 26 project groups in and around city, the city. How would you describe that experience and what are some of the lessons that you learned over the lifetime of the project? I know you've been trickling aspects of lessons learned in this conversation, but here's an opportunity to reiterate those as well as share others you've not yet mentioned. I think one of the main things is obviously, uh, wow, you know, when you look at it and you think about how many projects they are, they're all absolutely unique in their own way and and very individual and all very varied and different. Um, One of the lessons... Let me have a think about this. I'm trying to think how to word it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things is that although it's because we are doing co-designed and co-created work, on the one hand, you know, theatre is normally normally works in a quite organised and rigid way. So if you're putting on a show, there are deadlines, there are, you know, everybody is employed, there are so many different segments that have to make a show work and it literally has to happen on the day, the tech has to happen when it needs to happen. The doors are open, people have bought tickets and you have a script, this is the way it's going to go. And of course, there are always a few curveballs with that. But with this, because you are co-designing and co-creating, you actually don't know what the eventual outcome will be, what what will happen. And then on some ways, that's terrifying. But on other ways, it's hugely exciting <laughs> as well. Yeah, so you're kind, of, you're kind of flying, you're flying with them all and hoping that they're all having a really good time because most of this, um, what we have learned is that, you know, obviously having the longevity of engagement has been an absolute privilege. So we've been able to build brilliant relationships with all the groups we've worked with. And, and you know, that is very genuine and there's, there's a lot of trust there. And because you're allowing them the freedom to grow and the freedom to choose what they want to do, um, you, you can create really good things. And it's basically about, it's not about the end piece, really. It's about the journey um, and the journey that they've all had and how they're, you know, I mean, the Arbathorn Women's Group are, are astounding, really, because they started the, the transformation they have had and gone through over a 12 week process is that they have written a 20 minute script and they are performing that script on stage. And that, that's incredible. And, and when, when, I, when I've gone to go and see, you know, when I've visited the group, um, their, their, their confidence is off the scale. I mean, they're just singing at the top of the voices when you go in and, and they're, they're so happy, you know, the change that you've seen. And in lots of people, you know, just to be able to have this and to have this chance to be creative and enjoy themselves. The two go hand in hand, I, I would think, in this occasion. Not only the creativity, but actually enjoy what you're doing. So it's not a command and control type of environment. You have the flexibility and, and to be authentic and happy. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm about to say incredible again, but I've said that often in this presentation. So it's amazing what you're sharing. So in your role then as the production manager of Together in the City, what would you consider to be your greatest achievement so far? And in addition to the highlights that you've shared, is there anything else that you want to let listeners know that, you you really consider memorable i think i think looking at that i mean there are so many examples because there are so many different groups we've worked with but i i i would say 
you know, in turn, well, there was a really lovely example when we when we had to recruit um, creative practitioners. Rather than putting it on a website or you know, which we did do as well, you know, we went to local Facebook pages and put posters up and said, "Is there anybody in this area who is a creative practitioner who may be interested in?" working with us under the big umbrella of creativity what are your skills what would you like to do and I literally got I got a phone call from a woman called Megan Pinder and um, she had been running uh, working with mask at Manitop uh, with the half project and was handing out and doing the uh, free school meals and activities over the summer which is a council-wide initiative and on the back of that she handed out some flyers to see if any children would be interested in um, joining a dance school or going to some dance classes. She had 200 phone calls, okay? And she was she was charging a pound, right? When she opened those doors, wow. the children, some of the children, this is what, this you know, this is what the sobering thought that you have to think about with austerity measures before even COVID happened. But some of those kids couldn't afford a pound. The parents couldn't give them a pound to attend that mm. class. Okay. So Megan still, she, she would not turn a child down or turn that child away. And she opened her doors and let people in. And she was so inundated with the amount of children that had um, responded to this flyer that she dropped a day a week at work so took a cut in a wage didn't necessarily get the pound off the children but she was so passionate that these kids needed access and that freedom to be creative and to do something and to be given a chance that that was her sacrifice and she rang me up we had this conversation and I said to her, well, how about we give you some money to be a creative practitioner? How about we start a project with you um, over a 12-week period, and you can, uh, which, which now is culminating in a, in a performance, which is brilliant. And um, she burst into tears, as did I, you know, because she was so grateful to be given that chance. And uh, so, so it, it's 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 looking at there are so many people who are passionate who really want to engage with things and they just they've just never been given the opportunity so what's been wonderful and really rewarding for the whole process is to watch people grow particularly from the other side of Sheffield who are who are equally deserving as anybody else if they only had a bit of money you know and that's it's been a privilege to deliver and work with everybody we've worked with so far well said yeah you can see how powerful and profound that is it's it, i don't think people i mean it was a real eye-opener to me you know it's like you know we all know times are hard and harder times are coming but i i just couldn't believe that some people you know a little kid couldn't get a quid basically and 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 but the generosity the generosity and the drive that people have i mean i mean the the manor and arborthorne come from historically come from the flattened terraces of attercliff and they are hardened resourceful resilient amazing sheffielders and this is what you find across this city this city i mean i'm from this city i love this city and what you do get is that 
that power and that passion and the the crack on, let's get on with it regardless. And it's just, you know, there's, there's a real drive and need and want. And if you give people the chance, they will, they'll go for it. Yep. Often it's the opportunity and not necessarily exactly. an entire door opening. Sometimes it's just a crack in the window. Mm-hmm. And that's about all people need. And all it is as well, it's, it's kind of like gentle navigation, isn't it? You know, you can't, yeah. you know, it's it's so funny um, uh, with the women's group, like Diane Cairns is a, is a, works at the Manor. She's a development engagement coordinator who has lived and lived in the Manor most of her life, worked there. She's another incredible community worker in Sheffield who has all the best ways of coaxing people in when they don't really think they're going to be doing anything and getting people involved, you know, through the back door without them feeling intimidated. And then, you know, then so so what's what's the brilliant thing about all the work that's happened is that we are now um, putting on a huge celebratory and shared event of all this work at the Crucible Theatre on the 5th and 6th of April. And this is a free event. You don't need to buy a ticket. The, um, it's on our website. There'll be flyers and posters around the city centre and in lots of community hubs and libraries. And eight of the um, projects that we have work with eight of the community groups are actually going to perform on the stage most of them the first time ever and the other community groups will be having exhibitions and installations throughout the foyer space and we'll be putting on lots of creative workshops on the day there's a brilliant piece of social sculpture that's been made by resolve about climate change uh the arc with um sheffield hallam have done lots of um, debatery work around climate change, which has been which has involved kind of like sharing food and talking about um, how climate change affects people. What does it mean? What is the art? What's a flood? Is, uh, but what what they've been brilliant at capturing are the um, huge kind of like um, variety of people. Really, they've been really clever at that. We've had a couple of sessions at Sadaka. So I've had the privilege of meeting a lot of the elders and the founders of Sadaka who have sat alongside a geography teacher from Chaucer School and, um, you know, an architect student from the university. And so so the conversations become really diverse and interesting. And that in itself is lovely. It's just been, you know, that we went to one and that was just lovely to be sat around a table talking to a broad range of people. And I think that's what the... Um, the whole project has enabled people to come back together in various ways. You know, it's enabled people to be together, to talk, to be creative. And that's that's been a, a really brilliant process for people, I think. Great. And to be able to share in that richness that would come from the conversation from different perspectives, diverse views, experiences, as well as uh, skills and professions. And environment. I mean, one of the uh, the chief exec actually of Sadaka said, uh, "Well, you know, we're talk, you know, obviously talking about how can we solve, you know, not solve, or how can we help, how can we change climate change, and what can we do?" And he said something really simple. He said, "Well, you know, let's look to Africa. They they've worked with the earth for three thousand years. Let's look to the Aborigines. You know, it's not 
<laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe that's what we should be doing. Yeah, there's a lot to be learned. I, I, I wear a hat that has to do with sustainability, so the environment is part of my interest. And I'd say expertise, because in the previous life, I did work on environmental impact assessment. So I, I know, well, more than a little bit, I know about that. So that's certainly a conversation that I'm always happy to have. But I know we're coming towards the end of this recording, Sally, and it's been great having you here. We're recording this towards the end of March and it'll be available to the public early in April. And I know that you actually, well, the pandemic has been integral or part of how you've had to work. So I'm interested in hearing anything you may want to say about how you could have done it differently were it not for the COVID-19 pandemic and the restrictions or the limitations in terms of how people communicated. Happy to hear that from you, but if you could also combine that with telling us or giving us some insights as to what are some of the plans that are in place for the next few months and even beyond in terms of outreach or engagement and co-creation that will be coming from Sheffield's theatres, if you can reveal that. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, in, t- in terms of COVID, I think what we've had to do is obviously make sure everybody feels safe. And um, a lot of that has, you know, well, we luckily the Highfield Adventure Playground and Pittsmoor are both outdoor spaces so they're all, all very ventilated, so like kind of half indoors and half outdoors. And we've had some, you know, brilliant, again, local practitioners, Patrick and Steve, who have been uh, out in all weathers working with the kids and doing things. And then I think I think with the with a lot of the other groups, it's it's having to be, you know, keep social distancing indoors, keep rooms ventilated. Uh, I think I think if we did it differently in the future, it would be nicer to run the whole project from spring, I think. You know, so you're using the summer months and you could do a lot more outdoor, you know, outdoor work and outdoor engagement, which would be nice and obviously safer. I think um, we've just had, yeah, I mean, it, uh, I think it's like with any organisation and what what protocols are in place, we've just we've just got along with that. And luckily, Touchwood so far, we've we've still managed to deliver what we can. And the need actually for the people to be together and the want has been greater than uh, the pandemic in a way. You know, I mean, I think as well. You know, due to digital poverty, for instance, it's not it, these are workshops that you can transfer online. You know, a lot of people don't even have a laptop. You know what I mean? It's that as simple as that. You know, and and you know, creativity certainly in the projects that we're working with have been very hands-on and have been about connecting to one another. So, yeah, we've just we've just been as safe as we possibly can be, really. In terms well of the done. Um, well done, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I mean, I mean, an amazing, amazing. No, no, but no, none of the workshops have, you know, had to be cancelled. Um, so it's been brilliant in that respect. In t- in terms of what we're looking at doing in the future, um, it would be, you know, an ideal would be to kind of celebrate space in the city to open the doors to the theatre to celebrate the. Um, 
foyer space more, the architecture. I mean, this is this has been something that Sheffield Theatres have been looking at for for a long time about how we can diversify the space during the times when you know there isn't a theatre show on. So, like you know, maybe we could do some more workshops in there, and we we do do other events as well outside the shows, but more more things that would engage the communities and welcome them in. So you don't, it might not necessarily be to see a show or, you know, to, if you can't afford to see a show, what else can we do that's free, you know? And maybe maybe we can look into, you know, the, the HAF initiative, you know, we could look at running some workshops for children over the summer. I know that uh, we are in the process of evaluating all the work we've done, which is great. And I think once that process is has, has been completed and the, and the sharing celebratory event is done, I think we can kind of look at all the strengths, all the lessons that we've learned, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and move forward. And we're, we're already gathering feedback from all the groups about what they would like to do next and how they would like to be engaged with. So there are things already um, in place. For instance, one of the projects I haven't mentioned, which is a great project, at the Arbathorn Centre, there was an old boarded-up stage, and we've knocked the stage out. We're putting stage lighting in. We've had curtains made by a group called Community Curtains who have who have um, made lots of little um, vignettes of like their home and heritage and their area, which goes on. So what we're looking at there is how the centre can be taken on by the community and members in the community and how the stage can be repurposed for local events. So it's also it's about trying to create a legacy, which is really important, but also trying to empower the community to um, take ownership. So that that's one so that's something that we will, you know, with all the groups, we, we want to keep continuity in contact and continue our relationships and find out what they would like to do next. Uh, Abbeyfield Park up in Burn Grieve are also having a festival on the 31st of July. So again, we'd probably go up and um, go with Sheffield Theatres and put a gazebo up and talk to people about the shows that are on or the opportunities that they might be able to have in the theatre or groups that they could join and we you know hope to provide some creative workshops so just trying to make sure that we keep a presence in the communities we've worked in as much as possible until we can reshape and restructure and look at funding pots for the things that have worked and the things that are really rewarding for the people and for the city and for the theatre well, that's certainly a positive response and quite an optimistic future. So I certainly wish you well with that, Sally. You and the team and the rest of people who work for Sheffield Theatres, as well as the people working across communities in Sheffield through Together in the City. Now, I know you've mentioned this event or the presentations, the events that are happening in early April, and you sort of sprinkled what else will be happening over the next few months and years. But can you tell us, for listeners who are interested in finding out more about the work of Together in the City, attending one of the performances or how to get involved in community co-creation activities, for example, what's the best way to make contact with you or a member of the team? 
Yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend to access the website because the website has all the information on the sharing and celebratory event itself. In terms of, uh, it, I mean, I would absolutely um, encourage people to come to the event and we will have an information stall which will have um, feedback and a questionnaire and also you'd be invited to leave your details so we can contact anybody for any future events that are happening and also signpost people to other work that we continue to do within the organisation in terms of community outreach work which would be you know more more to do with performative things at the moment which would be the Sheffield People's Theatre and Young Company but we'll also be looking at how we can develop work in the future. I, I can see here that Sheffield's theatres would be Sheffield the word Sheffield theatres in the plural so with an s and it's a dot co dot uk so it's that website that people will need to go in the first instance. Yeah, I mean, if you if if it goes to she- if you basically put Sheffield Theatres into um, Google, and then the website will come up, and then there is a link in the website which says "Together in the City," and that will have all the uh, program of events on across the two days. Yes. When they listen to this, it means that they'll hear it. And when I prepare the blurb for the podcast for this recording, it means we'll include the link as well. So, Sally, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you ever so much for making time to be available to tell us not only about what you've been doing with Together in the City, but to give us a bit of background into the work of Sheffield's Theatres Beyond or Sheffield's Theatres Beyond the Square because people think the crucible, the lyceum, and yeah, that's what's happening, but not realizing the outreach and the engagement that you've had across the city. So thank you ever so much for being here as a guest on the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. Thank you very much, Veronica. It's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Sheffield's Hidden Gems podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Excel City Apartments, a brand founded in Sheffield that provides fully furnished self-catering accommodation for business and leisure visitors to the city and the nearby Peak District National Park. We also accommodate families relocating to Sheffield City region. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do listen to other episodes by following our podcast on this platform. Or you can find us on Twitter at XL Property P, that's the letter P. And on LinkedIn, the business page is XL City Apartments. Until the next time, ta-ra.